What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee Shop Sports. NFL season coming to a close, so we're going to get you with some NFL content. How you been doing this morning, Kev? We're, we're recording oh. remote in person. Remote in person. We have a, a very unique setup today. You know, we got a plumbing situation going on at the crib, so Zach was gracious enough to let me podcast from his kitchen. We have a very nice DIY setup. I, I feel uh, very much like a a modern podcaster like this is i think this is the dream zach i think we're living the dream the la dream classic work <laughs> hell yeah dude oh well let's we had some interesting games over this uh weekend not quite championship weekend yet we're heading into that but we said goodbye to some some teams including your own buffalo bills said r.i.p to the 2023 2024 <sighs> season yeah, man, I'm looking forward to ripping it open, um, dissecting it. Uh, you know, I'm looking. We got our fine tooth uh, needle and our, our equipment. You know, our surgical equipment. We're gonna get in there. We're gonna talk about the Bills off season. How, you know how they how they got sent home. But um, you know, uh, gotta just salute them. Gotta hit them with a Go Bills forever and always. Take as you go know. Bills, rip the bandaid off, and uh, we're go gonna Bills look forever. forward to Championship Weekend, which. Gives us yes, two, sir. I think, some really exciting matchups. Uh, we have the Detroit Lions uh, versus the San Francisco 49ers, and we have the Baltimore Ravens against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's four powerhouse teams that, interestingly enough, it's four teams that we kind of expected to be here when we were halfway through the season. You looked and you were like, <laughs> the Lions are one yeah. of the best teams in the NFL, Ravens, 49ers, and Chiefs. Like, no shockers, really, if I'm going to be honest with you. No, I, and I think we're pretty damn close to the the one two. I mean, I know the two seed in both conferences fell, RIP. Um, but the Lions really should have been the two seed, and the Chiefs had a beeline to the two seed all year. They just the Bills just kind of lapped them at the last second. But yeah, no, it, it really does feel like we're looking at the matchups that we deserve as fans. Um, obviously, you know, I wish it was Bills Ravens, but regardless, Chiefs Ravens is appointment viewing. Um, I speak for all of Bill's Mafia when I say uh, Ravens flock, motherfucker. Listen, I'm with you. I am Ravens through this, I think, for the rest of it. I, I think, I hope they win the Super Bowl. They were my pick at the beginning of the year. You know my pick at the beginning yeah. of the year was Ravens 49ers, so I'm just hoping to prove myself right that they make it there. Somebody's uh, drinking the Kool-Aid, the conspiracy Kool-Aid over there, Zach. Listen, that was always my pick. Beginning of the year, I had thought, Ravens 49ers, we're going to go. I still think they yeah. will. Uh, that's the heavy favorites right now of what we're thinking. Obviously, conspiracy season, too. Without question, the two best teams in the NFL. And it kind of feels like ever since that matchup, even prior, they've been on a collision course towards each other. Um, so I am so freaking excited, man. Are we? Do we want to rip into that now, or do we want to save that? For later in the podcast, because I'm down to I'm down to dive into that AFC championship. Yeah, let's preview. rip into it. What do we what do you think in between these matchups? Well, I'll tell you the first thing that I'm thinking about in the uh, Ravens um, Chiefs matchup is my goodness, uh, two out of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL are facing off. And how like what do we deserve as fans more than that matchup? Lamar, Johnny, Lamar Jackson. Are you familiar with the Johnny lore, Zach? Yeah, but since he tweeted, Johnny has been just insane. I believe he's 10 and 1 since tweeting Johnny. Something absurd like that with like ridiculous stats. Um, for those of you who don't know, Lamar Jackson replied to one of those really hilarious 
um, like Johnny's mother has four sons, Dave, Peter, Andrew. What's the fourth son's name? And Lamar Jackson quote tweeted it and wrote Johnny. And it's so iconic and it's so the lore of this NFL season. I kind of feel like with Johnny on his side, with Johnny Lamar Jackson on his side, I feel like the, the, the Ravens are kind of destined to just uh, run the table. But I think Johnny Lamar is going to really, really strain the Chiefs rushing defense. They, they don't have the best rushing defense. And Johnny Lamar is on an absolute heater when it comes to uh, his, his rushing game. He was lights out in the divisional round. Um, had some unbelievable carries against Houston. Um, I would probably, I, we both agree the over on Lamar Jackson rushing yards is a lock, um, or at least a really good play, I should say. And I think, I think, uh, I think the Ravens defense is good enough and healthy enough to put a big strain on the Chiefs offense, which did kind of have a coming out party, like a sort of a waking, uh, waking up game against Buffalo. So, if if that trend continues, I think the Ravens have the right sauce to shut it down. But I think the key matchup of the game is going to be can the Chiefs offense, which has been sort of their Achilles heel all season, weird to say that about a Mahomes-led team, um, can they stay on this heater that they that they have been on against the Ravens defense, which has been one of the best in football all year? Yeah, I, th- I think um, Baltimore is just set up very nicely for this Kansas City team. Like you said, Kansas City's rush defense has been their like kind of soft spot on there. Their pass defense is incredible, but yeah. Baltimore's best part of their offense is their their rushing offense. Lamar Jackson, that kind of three headed backfield of Justice Hill, uh, Gus Edwards, and now Dalvin Cook apparently um, closer is is there. So I I do think they're matched yeah. up really nicely. One of the things I think the Bills didn't do very well against Kansas City was that middle of the field tight end coverage. Kansas I mean Bills are missing their coverage linebackers. That's just tough. There's nothing you can yeah. do about that. Um yeah. I think the Ravens are actually the exact opposite. They have two of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL between Patrick Queen, Queen and Rokon Smith. So they are set up very nicely to cover your Travis Kelsey, your Rashi Rice, and then you have Kyle Hamilton at safety, who's kind of that middle of the field guy as well, to where it's that's where Kansas City's offense has been thriving is Rashi Rice coming across the middle of the field, Travis Kelsey obviously getting in those zones. And I think the Ravens are set up very nicely to do that. Um on on the other end, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal against the Blitz. So I, I I'm interested to see how can uh Baltimore's defense plays that because they are very blitz heavy heavy at bringing in cornerbacks rushing the quarterbacks i wonder how much they do that this game on non just clear passing downs if they instead decide to just make them beat them say hey we're gonna play the run we're gonna drop back in coverage and just make kansas city beat them instead of like we're gonna blitz patrick mahomes and let him work his magic let him sit make the right throws stop the run i think that's the best way they have and i think they're set up really well to do that against kansas city's offense yeah, I think you made some phenomenal points there, man. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker. I really do. Um, I'm inclined to um, both biased and unbiased predict the Ravens to win this game. I just think that they've been the best team in the AFC all season. And I don't think that Kansas City has enough of a case. Like I said, all things considered. I mean, Mahomes is still the GOAT uh, of right now, greatest of right now. He's the Gorn. 
Um, so I, I think he can be the difference maker, right? Like, cause big time players make big time plays in big time games and Patrick Mahomes, like we just talked about in the pre-show, he's historically always had one more play in him than the other guy. So, you know, will, will Mahomes go out there and, and be the difference in the game? I think that's Kansas city's path to winning. I, I don't really see this being a big Pacheco game. Um, I like you, you made a great point about the linebackers because that was the difference in the bills chiefs game. Um, they, they Buffalo had no answer for Kelsey um, and even no gray at times, which is just like, Oh, come on. That's a tough one. That's a tough pill, but um, it's real. And um, Baltimore has the answer. Uh, their names are Roquan Smith and, and Patrick Queen. So I, I really, really, I think that point, that X factor is going to be a big difference in the game. And I'm inclined to predict uh, maybe like a something like a seven point game. Like I'm going to say Ravens. I think I'm going to predict the Ravens to win 31, 24. I like that. I think uh, these defenses might be a little more involved than they were in the last game. I think uh, Kansas city's defense as, as like, much as Patrick Mahomes has talked about, they've been very, very good. Um, I think they can yeah. cover well. So I think it might be a little bit more low scoring of a game. I I think I'll take the Ravens 21-17 to the Chiefs would mm, be my like that. prediction. Yeah. Four-point game, but a little, a little tighter than I think it would be normally expected. Well, let's... Yeah, I, I think that's... Yeah, I think it's a solid prediction. Let's hop on over to the NFC. Uh, I think pretty clearly the weaker division this year um yeah but you still have two very good apart teams. from i was gonna say apart yeah. from the niners yeah I mean, apart yeah, from the they, niners like they're they're on and i'll give the, i'm giving the lions very much credit they have one of the best offenses in the nfl uh, i i feel For much sure. less confident about this matchup than i do at the afc on i think the ravens have the better chance to win i do think the 49ers are my pick but i i'm much less confident um for kind of a myriad of reasons Detroit's run defense all year was very, very, very good. Their pass defense has some big holes in it, though. Um, and Debo, if he's healthy or not, we've known that did, like if Debo is not healthy, this 49ers offense is very, very different. They have their three pieces in Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk. And you would think that when one of them's out, the other two step up. We've kind of seen the opposite happen. When one of them's out, this whole offense seems to not really function the way that it's supposed to um whether that's from Debo's blocking ability or Kittle's blocking or Ayuk's blocking you know they all do so many different things on that offense that when one of them is out they kind of just feel out of sync uh so if Debo does play in this game I feel a lot better about the 49ers chances if he's out it feels much more like anybody's ball game it feels a little bit this game to me feels like it's going to be chaotic. It feels like you're just going to get like kind of some broken plays, some like good offense, uh, maybe a takeaway or two. Like Goff has had games where he just starts off with a pick six and like there's very <sighs> good chance something along that can happen. Purdy looked so human last week against the the Packers who don't have a, a lockdown defense and no. Purdy just couldn't get anything going and there's i mean yes it was a lot of rain a lot of like things going on in the game but he looked human the, the whole team looked human and that makes me just think that this is kind of going to be one of those like chaotic games yeah i i like the prediction i i don't know the the chaotic thing i feel like in a game where uh like the quarterbacks aren't like the the uh the the main piece it's kind of weird because like chaotic 
you come to know it as like, it's the great equalizer, right? Chaos is a ladder, they say, right? Um, And it's kind of funny because I feel like most of the great chaotic games we've seen in recent years, unfortunately, have come at the the hands of Josh Allen and, and, and players like that. So if we get a chaotic game with Brock Purdy and Jared Goff, if we get a, a like I talked about the other one being a slobber knocker, if we get that sort of a game with these two and we get them dealing, like if we get them in their bags, Zach, that's peak content. Like Jared Goff and Brock Purdy, it's really like the great game manager off, I think. I think they're both really good game managers. Um, Purdy is like better at managing the game than Goff. I think Goff has more of a, he can be kind of deemed a playmaker at times, like, Goff is, he can be a gunslinger when he needs to be. So I do think that like, that's something that I'll be looking for. Um, I'm looking for the Lions to utilize like the misdirection game. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a huge weapon in this game. Players like Jamison Williams, they always have Jamison Williams coming around the corner on a reverse with a full head of steam in every game. Like they have, they, it's uh, Ben Johnson, man. He's a, he's a damn good coordinator, man. He draws up those plays so nicely. Um, and you see guys with a lot of talent get the ball in their hands with a lot of space. So Gibbs and, and Williams should have a, a nice game. On the 49ers side, I, I don't think you overstated Debo's importance. If anything, however important you you stressed it, it you might have understated it. Debo is such a weapon. It's so important that they get him back for this game. Do we have any uh, practice updates? It's only Tuesday for us right now, so no, no word yet. Okay, no so yet. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We we really want Debo out there for to see the 49ers at their full strength. But, I mean, it's no secret that this is a McCaffrey game. I mean, every game that the 49ers play should and will be a McCaffrey game. Um, could see Ayuk going for an outstanding – I mean, I know I believe you bet the over on Ayuk yards. Yeah, I did. I could see uh, – and I think that's a good call. I could see that being sort of a really, a really Lines key pass matchup defense. in this game as well has been a, a big big weakness to that team so i'm like if it's gonna yes. funnel through i don't think it funnels through kittle in this game uh i do think it would funnel no. through Ayuk through that yeah but when you said broken play that's the first thing that i pictured i don't i don't know how many times it's happened in the last handful of years but i just picture 85 hair flowing out of the helmet lumbering down the sidelines alone that happens all the time george kittle is the best at just hiding himself until he's 30 yards down the field. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't obviously don't know how exactly to predict it, but I just see, I think like we saw the chiefs and the bills play a, a, a near mistake free offensive game. There was almost yeah. fumbles obviously on the chief side and the Bills side saved by Kincaid twice, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but nothing ever yeah. happened other than the Miko Hardman fumble through the end zone, which Worst rule in football should be changed. They didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was a pretty messy free game. There was not. A, there yeah. was not picks. There was not like. I fumbles. agree with that. I think one turnover is the Miko. Yeah. I think we see a different football game. I think these defenses can cause some chaos. I think we will see of at least two turnovers throughout this. I think we'll see a pick. I like I that. Think we'll see a fumble. That's a bold prediction. I think we'll see some games swinging, kind of like chaotic plays. Give me all of that in the game manager off. Like, ah, oh, there, there would be nothing I want to see more than two game managers just roll around in the mud with the messy guys, the gunslingers. I love that idea. Let's let's do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Prediction. Man. Oh, uh, score prediction? I will go... Mm. 
I'm going to go 35-28 49ers. I think he could get out of hand. Yeah. I think I'm going to say um, 41-38 overtime 49ers. So this is I'm, a I'm right on your games. tail. Those are some. I'm right on so your we're tail. picking the over on the score, basically. Bet the over. <laughs> we're betting the over on the score yeah, here. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's move into um, smallest violin territory. The world's oh, smallest violin please. territory. We get to talk about the teams that didn't make it, and we're gonna fix them. We're gonna play. We're gonna put our GM pants on. We're gonna put our uh, oh, our front office jeans up. Pull pull those ties on, yes, and sir. we're gonna fix the losers. Uh, which is not always the funnest part. As soon as you get to an off season, immediately everybody goes, what could we do better? What are we fixing? And that's what we're doing because yeah. we want to be, every team wants to be a contender the next year. And I want to start off with the green Bay Packers eliminated by the 49ers in a very, very tight game with that Jordan love pick to seal the game. And obviously the narrative Terrible around pick. the Packers youngest skill position team in the NFL. They have youth all over the place. Not not really expected to make the playoffs this year. Did make the playoffs. Looked looked damn good too. I'm gonna say um, beat out my expectations. I'll I'll be the first to say I didn't have any faith in Jordan Love coming into the year, uh, and right off the bat, made me look like a fool, and that's fine. I'm happy. I'm I'm as an analyst. I'm happy as a as a Vikings fan. It's unfortunate to see another Packers quarterback, um, but they. So they frustrating. Weren't contender material. Obviously, they didn't make it past the 49ers. They're not in the championship. They are home. But damn, they could have, though. They could have. They could have. They could have. But love, so it's love always came so close. Up so small in that last drive. Yeah. So I want the margins are, are slim. We talk about that all the time. I want to talk about how do you how do we fix the Green Bay Packers? And by fix, I mean how do we make a Super Bowl contender out of this team? Um if you want, I can take the reins on this one or I'll let you lead off. Please. Okay. Please. No, please. So here's my thoughts. To fix the Green Bay Packers, I think you're signing Jordan Love to a contract. Uh, I have a couple reasons behind that. One, he he's putting him in a tough spot. He played a really great beginning of the year. Just really great. The middle of the year, he looked rough. He looked real bad. bad. And then at the yeah. end of the season, he looked real great again. And that's the worst spot to put someone in contractually because it was like if you start off great and then get really bad, you're you're probably not going to re-sign him. But he didn't. Yeah. He played the perfect enigma yeah. of like you see the future and over the back half of the year was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm yeah, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to sign Jordan Love. I think it's pretty much a no-brainer at that point because if you don't sign him, and you have this guy that you spent a first-round pick. You waited all of these years. You gave him one year where he flashed a bunch. And then you let him go, and someone else signs him, and he becomes that guy. You just, you're in the worst spot. It, correct me if I'm wrong. It, he does have one more year, or was that his contract year? No, I think this is, they. so they signed him for an additional year. And now they he's picked up, up the fifth-year option? I think his fifth-year option was already over. Did, did they already? I'm, I, we, I think I might need the numbers on this because I kind of feel like they, they did they pick it up. No, they declined it. I'm pretty sure they declined his fifth year option, right? And so was this his fourth year, or was this his fifth, or was this his uh, third year? So this is the last year of his contract. Wow. So he's he's a free agent. 
for all intents and purposes. Uh, I'm vetting this right now. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, vet, vet, because it's. I think the details matter, right? Because if yep, it's his so contract year off of what he, he signed a one-year, twenty-two and a half million extension last season. They kept him under contract through next season. Um, so he's under contract through next season. Okay, he is so, under contract through next season, and they're expected to give him an extension. And twenty-two and a half million was what they paid for the next year, for twenty twenty-four. Yep. So, what ballpark are you paying Jordan Love? Like, what, how, how high are you going in the in the QB tiers? Because I feel like he could command top, like seven or eight money, because of his age and because of how much he flashed. That's where I'm paying him. I would say bottom ten, in, in between six to ten. That's what I'm offering him. He's probably going to get paid oh. top five. I mean, he's probably going to get paid like that five, six, seven range. Um, and then, uh, uh, it doesn't feel good. Well, then you have the question of, is that him getting paid as a top five quarterback or is that him just catching up to the market of this is where the quarterback contracts are going to move. If I'm the Packers, I just can't stomach not doing it and him signing on someone else's team and being that guy. Because it was like you you drafted this guy, waited all that time, got to the champion, got to the playoffs with him right away, and then you give up and let someone else have a shot at that. You just can't do that. You're absolutely right. There's zero chance they let him walk, and he probably will command top five money. But that kind of sucks. That kind that's kind of might kind of suck. It might be a cheap contract. <laughs> oh no, hundred percent. Sometimes it is, but but for every um, you know. Jordan Love and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen where you get out ahead of the extension. Well, Allen got out ahead of the extension. I don't really know if they did that with Burrow. I think they kind of waited till the last minute. Um, but for, for every one of those, there's like a Daniel Jones. And I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but there's like a Jalen Hurts. Like, I don't know if that contract looks as good right now off of this coming off of the season that Jalen Hurts just had as it did prior to the season. No, it might not. Uh, but I do think it's worth the risk with Love. I mean, it's worth the risk. I, 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 agree. Worth. I completely agree. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Um, and you have no choice, really. Yeah, as you far don't. As they, he's what, he's what's the backed them into a corner of you have to resign yeah. him. And honestly, 100%. it's a good corner to be in. You know, you might have another franchise quarterback. 100%. We're yeah. talking wide receiver position. <laughs> Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dubs, I think is a very solid core. I really like the three of them together. I don't see any dominant one there i don't think christian watson is the guy that packers fans hope they would be i think he's a deep threat i think he's going to be a deep threat i think he's a big play guy uh that can't stay healthy i see him as a very gabe davis-esque player that i was just gonna yeah. i was gonna say if, if gabe davis is like diet debo then like you know christian watson is diet gabe which is like oh i think i prefer yeah. watson to gabe maybe just because of the physical like i think he's quicker i think he can make people miss more yeah, than gabe faster. does uh, you have yeah. an element to his game that Gabe doesn't have, but very similar. Less reliable from a health standpoint. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Missed a lot of games. Missed I don't, a lot of games. I don't mind them not making a move in that room, which I think is a little bit of a bolder take because I think a lot of people are like, they need a guy. I'm comfortable. I think they have two very young tight ends that are also very good. You've got Tucker Craft, yeah. who looked really, really great, and then Luke Musgrave, who they spent the second-round pick on, who has looked really good too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the biggest issue they're going to have is in the running back room. Aaron Jones's contract is coming to an end. And you don't pay running backs in the NFL. But I think they have to bring him back on a team-friendly deal. Wow. I I think it's been very clear that I'm when he came back— I'm shocked to hear back, that from you. 
I, I don't know if I was a fan of it before, but throughout the year of watching AJ Dillon and then watching Aaron Jones come back and just be the focal point of that offense and how well he fits in that run scheme of, of just the zones, yeah. the counters and everything they do and how well it works. If you can bring him back on a team friendly deal, because he's old, right? You know, he's older. He's probably not yeah. going to command a lot of attention in the free agent market with all these young running backs coming off of contracts. Like Saquon's going to be a free agent. Josh Jacobs is going to be a free agent. If you can sneak Aaron Jones back on your team for a very team friendly deal, I'm doing that in a in a running in a draft class that doesn't have a lot of running backs to draft from. Too, I'm bringing him back. I'm not impressed by AJ Dillon. I'm not impressed by other running backs in that system i think you really want aaron jones back for one other year to just kind of take the weight off of the offensive scheme and he runs that scheme so well and is so yeah, friendly he's to got Jordan the vision love. for it yeah 100 I, I i love aaron jones i'm a huge fan of his game um always have been um the pay the running back thing is just such a weird place to be in and you know i almost forgot how crazy the discourse was last off season. We're all, we're, we're broke. We're broaching that time again, right? We're a couple, we're realistically a couple months away from that conversation returning. So honestly, I think that it's a very fair point. And I think paying Aaron Jones would be great for the sake of like, he's so, uh, so talented, but he is like, he's on the wrong side of 30. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he's 27 or 28. Uh, I'll I'll double check. He might be 29. But I was going to say, I think 30. he's, he's approaching that running back cliff. He's 29. He's 29 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so entering his age 30 season, I mean, He'll be if 30 you can get December. him for like, yeah. what's your ceiling for Jones? What do you pay Jones? At, it, at he's ceiling? not getting 10 mil a year. He's not even getting close to that. I'm, no, I'm thinking I was going to say, do you, would you three to, to four seven? a year? Mm. I'm saying, so if you're talking per year, Let's say like five. You know, you could have up to seven with contract. I was going to say, contract. I think you could probably get five or six on the open market. but Maybe, maybe. There's a lot of running back free agents, and he's going to be near the bottom of the crop on that list in a in a crop yeah. of Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. I believe Joe Mixon, too, is out there. So, like, there's going to be yeah. a lot that stay in Green Bay. If you're Aaron Jones, yeah. you should want to stay in Green Bay because you know the system there. You were running the system very well. You had a fantastic end of season. So you're leaving on a really good note. You don't, you're not like closing the season where like Saquon Barkley is, where it's like kind of rough near the end of the year. Clearly, like there's bad blood. No, you're you're probably the the vet on that offense. You have players that look up to you. I think you want to bring him back, give him incentives to hit the six, seven mil mark, start him at the four to five mil, maybe a two like year, one to two year type thing. Yeah. I'm, I think that's key. I think that is absolute key because that opens up so many options for the Packers in the draft where they can address the other needs they have. They need to draft linemen. Their offensive line is old. Bakhtiari is never on the field. He's always hurt. I You need to be addressing that. They have Elgin Jenkins, who's a very versatile lineman, but they need to address the line in their draft because their like depth there is running really thin. You, you don't need to draft the skill position on offense. Maybe take a flyer in the fourth, fifth round, but draft that offensive line and draft some secondary players because their secondary had issues for sure. Jair Alexander is a big question mark, can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. Valentine is a 
sieve on that defense. It's like if you put him in man coverage, you're just throwing the ball to whatever receiver is man coverage yeah. against him. You watch the Packers play, and it's like you'll see the right side of the field lined up in man coverage, and then you'll see Valentine like seven yards back in zone with safety help because he just he cannot do it. <laughs> he He's the pigeon, huh? He's the pigeon. He, he's that bad. A hundred percent. He's the pigeon. And, uh, That's so funny, you dude. have like Jonathan, a- uh, Jonathan Owens, who played a good season. He'll, he'll be there. Fine. You're spending your draft capital on your defense and your line. That I think is the absolute yeah. key to the Packers success. I don't think if you want to bring in a veteran wide receiver in free agency, that's fine. Go bring in a possession guy, something that's cool. I'm cool with that. You you probably need yeah. like they have a young wide receiver room with a lot of upside. Like Wicks looked really good at the end of the year. Jaden Reed, yeah. I think, has untapped potential to be the number one in that room. Dubs closed yeah. the season on a tear, is a great solid, jumbo receiver. Solid receiver. And it's like for if sure. Watson plays, good. He's a great X factor. He's that dude that can take a slant to the house yeah. for 80 yards. I love it. I don't think they need to be spending time there. And I think you fix this team by signing some veteran leadership on the defense or on the line and then spending your draft capital draft capital on the offensive line and fixing part of your secondary. Yeah. No, dude, I, I think your take on the Packers offseason is phenomenal. I think the Packers could come back next year with that plan and realistically compete for the North um, with the Lions. And depending on what the Vikings do, I mean, I, I don't want to rule them out. They, Cousins did tear his Achilles. They probably were going to contend for that uh, division or, or wild card if he doesn't. Um, so, so, you know, but I mean, he might end up in Atlanta. That's a conversation for another day. Um, regardless. We'll have some um, I saw shows. the pain. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I saw the pain in your eyes. I'm going to, we can change the subject. Um, I like Kirkwood too. Um, so, so I think, I think that's a solid plan. If I just were to put a bow on it, I would say, yeah, I, I think keep your guys like, like I would say, keep the core intact. I think you have room for maybe a short two year window, uh, to compete right now. If you, if you do that, I do think that a rebuild is, I would say more of an overhaul, not a rebuild. A roster overhaul is kind of on the horizon. A lot of their best players outside of uh, their their uh, receiver room are, are older. Like you said, the line is pretty old. Um, the uh, the running backs, I mean, Joe, Dylan isn't even old. He's just washed already at like 23 or whatever. Um, but but Jones, Alexander, a lot of their best players are, um, you know, Rashawn Gary is, is entering his prime. That's an exciting development there. Um, so so I, I think your take on the Packers offseason is solid. Um yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to move on if you are. Yeah, I'll touch real quick. I know it's going to be brought up by Packers fans if they watch this. They do have some free agents that are leaving the team. Um, Corey Ballantyne, the other cornerback, is leaving the team. I do think they can let him go. Even though he second in pass breakups, I think they can address that in the draft. Move to a younger cornerback. He's 27. That's kind of an age cliff there. I'm pro letting A.J. Dillon walk. Um, I think they can let him go. He's at the end of his contract as well. He move he on. Uh, Darnell Savage. I don't know. I don't. Good player. I have. A he makes plays. Tougher there. He's a safety. Twenty six. I think if you can find a good deal for him, it would be nice to keep one safety because Rudy Ford and Jonathan Owens' contracts are both up. They're twenty eight, twenty nine. I think you're probably letting both of them walk. 
So I don't mind keeping Savage on a nice contract and then addressing another safety in free agent or draft, and then you move on. Yeah, I would, I would do the same thing with Savage. I I, I like the talent, um, and I really like um, he makes splash plays. You know, he's not like the most like consistent. He's not like a staple player, but he he goes out there and he makes his splash plays, which I think is something that you want from the safety position. Um, so are we, without further ado, are we, are we turning the page on Green Bay? Yep. Green Bay back. They're Super Bowl contenders now. Let's talk. Yep. Buffalo Lock Bills. It up. Let's talk Buffalo Bills. And, and I'm excited to take the reins if you'll let me. I'll, I want, I want a good, clean, healthy back and forth here, but, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of have a spiel as you know. Um, my favorite part of losing in the playoffs and, and, in real life, it's less enjoyable, but in 2K or Madden, like if you have like a really good team, like I'm a huge franchise mode guy, that's my shit. So if you have a really good team or a really good season or whatever, and then all of a sudden you're like, it doesn't work out in the playoffs for whatever reason, X, Y, Z, just like in real life, you, it's a lot more fun because you're like, oh, fuck, I get to do an off season now, which means you get to put on your GM pants blast. and your hat. It's so off seasons in franchise mode are so fun, dude. Um, so, you know, like I said, in, in the game, it's like, oh, cool. I can just sim the period between the season ending and the off in the off season. But in real life, unfortunately, you have to live through it. Uh, I wish I had a click remote for the draft free agency and then the next season, but I don't. So alas, we have this conversation to have, which is why I'm happy. I don't have a click remote because now I get to dive in with you. So before I, I have think... you fully dive in, because I know I know you've got please, a lot. Please, please. I want to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unlike the Packers, the Bills have a large free agent list. Very different than the Packers of unrestricted free agents. I'm going. They do. They, they do. Um, they also, do. cap issues. No, no, they're over the cap already, so you can't and bring issues, most yeah. of them back. I. No reason. You don't even have to give me the full reasoning, but I'm going to rapid fire the list, and I want you to say. Just keep or go, and yeah, and I'll, I'll get into the the why when we get there. But I'll give you the I'll give you the the long and short Definitely. of it. Make it easy right now, Kyle Allen, backup quarterback. Please go, go, get him out of here. Uh, Gabe Davis at the, the wide receiver out. spot. Please go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But thank you for your gears. I, I don't have uh, like I have hard feelings towards Gabe because he wasn't better, but he does have a pretty colorful start to his career i'm shocked you came fully around i mean when we first met you were a full gabe davis truther and now you're ready to let him go so and you talked about this a lot this was kind of your reasoning you didn't see it getting better i kind of forecasted a little bit of growth i kind of forecasted a little bit of with more of a role and more responsibility he's a great blocker he's a great teammate he was a captain this year earned it but as far as production and as far as development it's a non-starter as far as I'm concerned. All right. We got linebacker Tyrell Dodson. PFF loves him. He's an uh, unbelievable run stopper. He's okay in pass coverage. He looked like he was going to be the pigeon of the defense after Milano got hurt, but he really turned it around. And if we can get a reasonable two or three year deal for him, um, I'd keep him for sure. I don't know if we'll be able to afford him with what we have on the docks, but you're talking about affordability. We got next two players. You got defensive known AJ Epinesa. That's gonna yeah, he's gonna be tough. Um, we kind of talked about like 
whether or not the Von Miller situation will have a peaceful financial resolution. If not, it is what it is. And we have Vaughn and we have that, that huge cap number. And at that point, I, I don't know if we can allocate the finances needed to keep Epinesa. Um, you're looking at an Epinesa or Floyd decision at that point. Personally, for me, I'd prefer if it's the same price point, I'd prefer Epinesa, but he's so young and he's showing the ability to get better with age. So I, I'd say keep if possible, but I don't know if it will be. All right, let's rapid fire through these next couple. Think, yeah, sure. Uh, Leonard Floyd talked about it. Yeah, based on the Epinesa thing, gone. Uh, Puna Ford, defensive end. Keep. Uh, Damien Harris, running back. Goodbye, but gone. sorry for your health. Feel better. Micah Hyde. It has to be super team friendly if I want. If I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say I'm going to predict either a retirement or or uh, elsewhere. I am with you. I think he's gone. Uh, Dane Jackson at yeah. the cornerback position. He's great depth, and he is not good enough to command a, a deal elsewhere. So I think keep. Okay, uh, Daquan Jones, Linval Joseph. Daquan Jones, please, I'll uh, give you anything to come back. Um, Linval, um, thank you for your service. Cam Lewis, Shaq Lawson. Cam Lewis, um, reliable nickel depth, safety depth, not very good. Um, so again, minimum, yes. Anything more, no. Shaq, same. Please, at the minimum. But other than that, I, I don't want to pay an extra cent for run support at uh, DN5. I'm going to skip a couple of these guys because I don't think they really were worth talking about. Um, Jordan Phillips, Taylor Rapp, Trent Sherfield, last three. Trent Sherfield, um, I already packed your suitcases for you. Uh, there, there's a, a bagel for you with cream cheese and, and hit the road. Um, Taylor Rapp would love to have him back. No, no. Zach, don't act like you like Trent Sherfield now after, after the crap you gave me. Take your victory lap. He sucks. Um, no, I'm thinking right. Deontay Hardy, actually. Um, was the return guy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, Never yeah. mind. And Trent, he's, Trent's and fine. I'm, I'm fine with Trent gone. I'm keeping Hardy for special teams. Yeah, I think I would too. Unless there's an easy out of his contract, then I would get rid of him too. Um, Taylor Rapp, yes, please, because of the safety questions with Poyer and Hyde both being on the wrong side of 30. Hyde contemplating retirement. Um, there was one other name Jordan escaping Phillips. me. Also contemplating retirement, but I wouldn't bring him back either way. The name you didn't bring up, which I'm offended by, is Ty Johnson. He's on that list. Please um, give me Ty Johnson as an RB4. He's not on that list. He's. It, it, do you have the Schefter tweet? I think he's a free agent. Yeah, he probably is. I I'm a, on Bleacher Report right now. They might not have even listed okay. him. But Ty Johnson was on a yeah, one-year he, deal, so he, he yeah, should be a free so agent. I Please, God, bring me Ty Johnson back. He is my new favorite like depth piece at running back like i i'm like a weird nfl fan who gets like really invested in like backups and like you know i wanted to get a ty johnson jersey um honestly like he's he's very like not important to like the starting lineup but he's such good depth and he made so many great plays this year um zach i'm gonna do it i'm gonna dive in okay dive in how are you fixing the so we're gonna start with we're gonna start with our base restructures right like so obviously health was a huge problem this year like let's not pretend like i think you have matt milano you have terrell bernard you have tredavious white um you you have gabe davis even you probably win that game against kansas city it is what it is um they got there without the without the health 
they got more banged up. They lost Dotson. They lost Klein. It, it is what it is. Let's get healthy, right? Like, let's all have a healthy offseason. Let's try to come back next season. We're probably going to restructure Josh. We're probably going to restructure uh, Deion Dawkins. I don't think we'll be able to restructure Diggs anymore because that can has already been kicked down the road so many times at some point. We're going to have to keep – we're going to have to pay the piper there, and I think sooner than later we'll be smart just with all the volatility there. But regardless, he's under – he's going to be on the team in 2024 without question. Um, then you're looking at so, – so that'll create the cap space that you need to become cap compliant, get, get those ones out of the way. I think this is the the off season for tough conversations for the Bills, and I don't lo- love that because I'm such a I'm so invested in the people, I'm so invested in the journey. Like I've been the biggest Bills fan since before McDermott, since before the drought, and now that we kind of this is the a lot of the core is the team that turned the tide. Like a lot of our key starters are guys that whose first year with us were 2017 when we broke the playoff drought, the 20 year playoff drought. Um, so that's the, that's the thing. There's a tough conversation about Micah Hyde. There's a tough conversation about Jordan Poyer. There's a tough conversation about Tredavious White. There's a tough conversation. And this is the first one that I will actually defer to you on. There's a really tough conversation about Dawson Knox because there's a huge post June 1st cut savings. And with Dalton Kincaid being there, um, and having the first round contract, knowing that we have him for four more years and he was a later first round pick. So he's cost efficient. Do you do you say goodbye to Dawson Knox? Uh, no, I'm keeping him. Uh, you you You're already have. Him? I mean, he is one of the highest cap hits on the team. I think he comes in at like fifth or sixth overall, so that makes it really tough because his base salary yeah. is almost five mil, uh, which is higher than Milano, Johnson, Morse, Oliver. Doesn't like they're all higher. A couple of all pros that you just listed. You know, I didn't agree with the Dawson Knox contract when it happened. It didn't make sense to me because yeah. it was too much money for him. You have yeah. him now. He's a really key blocker in your scheme. He really helps the run great game. Great leader, great teammate. I don't mind keeping him unless you can find yeah. a replacement for cheaper on the free agency. But I don't don't know if you're going to find that caliber of Swiss Army knife of tight end. I think that you know yeah. I think they utilize him wrong as too much of a receiver when he should be he should be seen, not heard from. Uh, and that's how I preferred them to use him. <laughs> but I, I think he's yeah. an excellent blocker for the run game. They need that. They really need the run game. And yeah. he will make his catches from time to time, especially in the end zone. Yeah. His utilization did come way down um, the, the, in the playoffs in the last couple weeks of the season. Um, and when he came back from injury, really, he wasn't really a focal point of the, of the passing attack at all. I still... I still love the man. I still love the the player, the talent. But I I personally would probably at least think about cutting him for the sake of this. We'll say we keep him. So obviously, um, that that leaves. So so let's go position by position, and I'll try to speed it up because I know we're kind of get we're we're pushing the time. Um, I think you're you're set at quarterback. I'd love for them to draft a project QB later to be their backup. I'd I'd much rather have like a Brock Purdy type backup, or like a Matt Corral type backup, like a, somebody who you don't know about. But at least I'd like them to offer some sort of a physical upside. Um, Kyle Allen doesn't play like Josh Allen. He's so limited athletically. I don't. I think they need to draft a quarterback in the fifth or sixth round with traits, who then can learn from Josh Allen. And that I would much rather have that as my backup than you know uh, just a journeyman who you know sucks. Let's be honest. With all due respect, Kyle Allen's probably a bottom half backup in the NFL, and your team is too talented to to do that. 
at the running back position, if you bring back Ty Johnson for a very cost-efficient deal and you have James Cook, I'm extremely happy there. I think Latavius Murray will probably retire. I don't think he'll come back. Um, and I'd like a power back, so maybe that's another place to look in the draft. But again, later picks. Um, fullback Reggie Gilliam's great. Wide receiver, I love Stephon Diggs. Um, definitely tailed off. I love. I told you, I, I, if Joe Brady gets the job, which I think he will, and I'm okay with that since this is my exercise. Um, I love the idea of having Diggs, Shakir, and Hardy. Hardy as the four, and then Diggs and Shakir as the the one three, and then give me a two. Give me a real wide receiver two. Go out there and, and make a real investment, whether it's money, whether it's a draft pick, maybe first round, um, maybe like a Malik Neighbors. Or like you know a player no of that way caliber is falling to the Bills pick. Yeah, I think no the Bills shot. are like twenty in the twenty range. Right now, you're um, you're probably gonna have Michael. You're gonna have Marvin Harrison Jr. and Neighbors and O'Dunn's gone by fifteen. Like, let's take those three oh, off the board. O'Dunn's would be so great. I'd trade up for O'Dunn's. Let's well, whatever. Besides the yeah, point, those three aren't um, happening. You're gonna have to look deeper. Did um Ameka Abuka come out, or is, did he stay in school? He's staying. I hate to see it. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, we'll do draft prep, and we'll, you and I will get back into that. Um, I agree with you. So they need a two. End, I agree with you. They need a two to replace 100%. Davis. They can't afford Davis. He's gone. You have to find someone they like shouldn't. that for cheaper. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, so tight end. We feel. I feel good about maybe get a tight end three. Uh, Quentin Morris is a fine tight end three, but uh, Knox and Kincaid are great. Uh, Quentin Morris um, is also a free the, agent. Okay, that it's we. I think he, he'd be he's cheap. restricted. I think he'd be cheap. He's, free agent, but he is a free agent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to get a bag anywhere. So um, the offensive line that was actually a strength of the team this year, and actually something I'm excited to talk about because it's it's simple. Dawkins is great. Uh, Tor- o- Osiris Torrance was a bright spot of the team. Rookie second round draft pick. A lot of people had him as their uh, guard one, and they got him in the second round, and he was every bit of of worth the investment. And thank God that that's sewn up. Mitch Morse has one year left. Center will be a tough conversation after this year. Ryan Bates um, is our utility offensive lineman. He's stepped up at backup center in the past, and he's been good. He's our uh, lineman six right now. So you could slide him in there when Morse retires, which is probably after next year. But I, I think Morse will come back. I would be shocked if Morse is not cut by the offseason. Because of those savings? I would be, yeah, I would be stunned if he's still on the roster in June because they save. He's good, though. He's so good. He is good, but they save a lot of money if he's gone. Um, yeah, well, it, it, yeah. It gets in like the it, six to eight million if he is cut pre-June. I would be very shocked if he stays. It's a fair point. Um, something to think about. Connor McGovern and Spencer Brown on the other side. Real Spencer Brown really stepped into his own this year. He's been sort of like the punching bag of that O-line for the last couple of seasons, but he was unreal this year. So excited about that. Um, we got a couple potential stalwarts. And then, yeah, let's just say we do cut more. You slide Ryan Bates in there at center. You could do a lot worse. I'd probably want to see them bring in some depth at that point. I like David Edwards, the guard, Ryan Vandermark, the tackle. They have some depth there. But um, if we do lose more, Bates is a very serviceable starter. Um, flipping it over to the defense. The defensive line is great. Uh, I love Greg Rousseau. I love Ed Oliver. Please bring back Daquan Jones. Um, and then uh, Leonard Floyd is probably going to walk because of his age and the money he'll probably command. He had like 12 sacks this year. Good for him. Um, that's where I hope the Epinesa conversation comes in, which we already had. 
What I'm really hopeful for, Zach, what I'm really hopeful for, and I'd say more so than hopeful for is just excited about. If you have a healthy Matt Milano and a healthy Terrell Bernard, like you said, they were missing that them in the Chiefs game, and you could really feel it, the way that they targeted the middle of the field, the way that they targeted tight ends. Those two matchup linebackers, I think Terrell Bernard was made, made a case for all pro this year. He was an absolute savage. He was a magnet for the ball. He's undersized, but he plays big and he plays fast. He kind of is like a safety at the linebacker position, which so is Milano. So that duo at linebacker healthy next year, mamma mia, that's exciting. That's what I'm excited. You bring Dalton in to be that linebacker three, the swing in case one of them goes down, but you can have the three of them at linebacker. And then uh, the the secondary is less exciting because I think you're probably going to lose high to retirement or, you know, getting paid more elsewhere. They can keep Poyer for another year. I would be okay with that because he's going to be very reasonably priced. Um, and he's a great leader and, and a good tackler. Cor- the cornerback room is complicated. I love Tredavious White. He's an all pro, but he's coming off of his second major knee injury or, or uh, injury in two years or three years. Um, so, and he could save a lot of money if you cut him. So, you save you a know, lot like, of money cutting Poyer and White. I, but those two yeah. combined, I, I don't, I could see them moving on. I, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I would be – go ahead. I stand on a little different page of you as where I think the key to making Buffalo a, a true, true contender is by sacrificing a lot of next year in terms of what people think yeah. you should do, which is hang on to these guys another year, make another run – before like you lose them and I, I don't think that's necessarily the right way to look at it for buffalo to where you're like hang on do what they did last year like a bunch of one-year contracts push the money off i think you you take the hit next year you get some youth in there give some guys a chance to to do what they did this year where it's like hey we had all these injuries we don't have a shot and then you have all of these players yeah. step up on defense step and be up. like oh these guys can play i don't necessarily need to have trey white to be able to have a good yeah. defense yeah and i think i think buffalo that hurts but you're right i think buffalo should let the pay let the piper come get paid stop pushing things off yeah. take take this year yeah pay the people don't 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 sign bonus everybody. Don't move everything to next year because they're in the negative right now when it comes to salary cap yeah. for 2024. Yeah. 2025 things get a little looser and then 2026 even even easier. So don't yeah. mortgage the next years cuz as long as you have Josh Allen, you are a contender and that's the the truth of the yeah. matter. Don't let the Pied Piper come. Make the cuts you have to make. Get yeah. some youth, get some draft, take some chances on some cheaper guys. Money ball it for a year. That's I, I would like to see Buffalo money ball next year and just cut the dead weight, move on, get some new youth, yeah. new talent, take some risks on some guys, and walk into 2025. Maybe 2024, you're still a contender anyway because you have these pieces. You have Josh Allen. You have Steph Diggs. You have Milano. You have an edge rusher. And then you don't know what you yeah. have stepping up. Shakir stepping up could be phenomenal. You have Kincaid who yeah, could take so a really Shakir. large leap on the offense next year. Yeah. And you have defensive positions. Yep. You don't know where they're going to come from. 
maybe get some guys yeah. that are let go from other teams in free agency for a lot cheaper. Like what we saw with um, when the Buccaneers landed, um, it's not Shaq Lawson. Who am I thinking of? The edge rusher for the Bucks. Can't remember. Barrett? Barrett. Broncos let Shaq him go. Barrett. They signed him to a really, really nice deal. He ended up being a blue chip pass rusher. Like take your yeah. risks there. Let the money hit you hard next year. <laughs> and do a little money ball season. I like it. And then contend from there. It's it's really not at all a bad call, Zach. And I, I wouldn't be mad if that was the choice that they that they uh, made. That's how Brandon Bean started his Bills tenure was with a burn it all year. Um, it wouldn't bother me from a sense of like, I think you're right. I think they can still feel the competitive team. I think they proved that this year. Um, and it would probably be a bootstrap year. Um, which would suck. You don't. I, it's it's hard to fathom doing that in a Josh Allen prime, but his prime is long enough. I think. I think there's another three to five years in his prime, so I think you could do it realistically. I mean, you might lose Diggs' his prime if you do that. Um, Diggs might be on the You've other side by, prime, by the yeah. end. I, we'll see. We'll see. He's on know. the other side. Yeah, of 30 I, I think at this, this point. you're in his Keenan Allen years, where he's still I think this year, a top top receiver, but he is not. If that's twenty seven prime. If, Diggs is if Diggs's prime is Keenan Allen's current, I'm okay with that. Or if Diggs's current is, yeah, is Keenan Allen's current, I'm, current, I can live with that. But he's sure. not prime. But last thing I'll say before we move on, and if, if there's anything to even move on to, th- this was deep. Both conversations were a little deeper than I thought, which I'm really happy about. It was very fun. Um, you lose Trey White, that would hurt really bad. It would be great for the finances. Razul Douglas stepped up. He is a cornerback one. There is no doubt Razul Douglas is a cornerback one. Uh, Christian Benford is a cornerback too. And you got him in the sixth or seventh round a handful of years ago. He has played fantastic. They, Razul Douglas was banged up and Benford missed the Chiefs game. So again, injuries, we, we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. I'm not an excuse maker. Neither are the Bills. Um, so so Douglas and Benford is your one and two. Teron Johnson, all pro nickel corner. Phenomenal, phenomenal trio. You, you bring in a guy in the draft, maybe Kyer Elam takes a step up. He He's been a huge disappointment, but it's only going to be his third year. Let's let's hang on. Let's just see what happens. Um, but yeah, and, and that's all without Trey White, right? So there there's still there's still positives to, to be had there. Specialists, um, pray for Tyler Bass, man. I'm sorry about the mental health stuff and the and the deactivation of the socials. He's been a, a really good kicker historically. He's been a phenomenal um, kicker. He's been a phenomenal kicker. He just had a really bad postseason. Yeah, it um, happens. And Sam Martin is sucks and he's old, so he he's got, get a new punter. But who cares about that? Yeah, man, I I agree with you. I like some of the moves you made to keep and go, but I I do think if you want to build a longer term system, which is the goal in Buffalo, is to build. A, you you don't you're not in the Tom Brady forty two like this is the season. You no. you have Josh Allen for yeah. a long time. These these quarterbacks' careers yeah. can go for for a long long time. They can, but dude, he takes so many hits. That's the part that like. But that's not. I think his prime the only might part be of a little game. shorter. But that's not the only. He I, can I know, be a pocket passer. But but their bodies break down is the problem. It's not that he can't still run. It's that can he still throw? Like Cam Newton could. Cam Newton used to have a cannon. Cam Newton and then got he couldn't throw a shoulder anymore. injury. That's what happened to Cam. Yeah, he had the well, shoulder. Josh Allen had an AC joint separation this year. Yeah, it's, it's nobody even knew. It's different because he's Josh Allen. I, yeah. I I do think he'll eventually have to run less, but I'm not I'm not looking at like the thing you say. I'm not looking at like, next well, I, year as being like the last shot. Yeah, your optimism. Yeah, which they've been saying. That's one. That's one rant. I'll bef- I guess we will end on the Bills because we do have a, a seven minute window here. <laughs> 
2020, that was their shot. Josh Allen's rookie QB. What a what an ascend what an ascending team. That was their shot. It's they're gonna have to pay the piper. 2021, 13 seconds. That was their shot. They had the Chiefs on the ropes. They were gonna beat Cincy if they win that game. 2022, that was their shot. Oh my goodness. They had a chance to win it and they blew it because they gassed out. Yada yada yada. 2023, that was their shot. That was the Bills' last chance. Oh, K- Kansas City was suffering. Burrow was hurt, yada yada. They will always have a shot. They have 17 as their quarterback. They will always have a shot as long as 17 is breathing. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I want to pay the Piper. Like you, like you've been saying, it's not like you're not paying the Pipers and like give up. It's paying the Pipers like, right. Do what you're supposed to do your job as a football team. Move on. Yeah. Find young talent. You're right. Set yourself up for the next four years. Stop going. Stop making the decisions that lead you to signing Von Miller to a, three year three year four like 25 million dollar contract because you think it's the only way you can win it's not the only way you can win and you need to stop letting outside influence tell you the next year's your last shot that's what i think is happening to the bills where they're like people keep saying this is the shot this is the last chance i have it's not it's not the last chance you have it's never build yourself a cohesive system for to, to to your point four out of their top six cap numbers this year either didn't play or were entirely ineffective. So if your money is just tied up in four players out of six, who Milano, Trey White, Von Miller, you know, like spread it out. You're right. Spread the love. I don't hate a money ball. I love that take. It's, it's, it's bold. And it would be, it would be tough to, to watch from like a, like a fan standpoint. Like you love these people. They have a culture there. They they all love each other. Like they're a family. They, they don't, they don't want to punt Gabe Davis off a bridge the way that we do. Like, they love Gabe. He's one of their brothers. But you cannot win with Gabe Davis as your wide receiver, too. He's not good enough. It's that simple. Yeah, you have to move. And I, I think they're in a position to where it's time to make that switch. They can move on. They can money ball. Yeah. And they could still be a serious contender next year. And then even more serious the following two years. And I, I think that's what you got to do. I love this exercise, and I loved your takes today, Zach. I think you brought it. I think you would make a good GM. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> you got to tell these um, teams that. Help general. my resume out. Let's get me I a will. GM job. Let's do this. Hey, Zach Miller for GM. Um, but, uh, you know, so we got a, two more divisional round teams to talk about. Next week, we'll also have two more championship teams to talk about. If we don't get to those two this week, we could just do a four-pack, make this a series. I like yeah, it. Yeah, we're here to fix teams. Hell yeah. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Stay tuned. We'll be dropping episodes. Check out the YouTube channel. Check out the socials. We'll be here all off season. Haven't had a lot of NBA content lately, but it's coming. You're not going to stop hearing from us, and we'll see you then. Peace.